Hello, and welcome to Cubicle Confidential, weekly advice for the working stiff. I'm Chris DeSantis, and let me introduce my co-host, starting with V's, the vibrant, the vivacious, and the venerable Mary Abijay. Hello, I'm Mary Abijay, the venerable, the vivacious, and the vibrant uh, co-host of Kibble Confidential. I'm going to try and do your hello. Um, hello, let me introduce you to my co-host, the verdant, the vivid, and the valiant, oh wait, and vocally vibrant, <laughs> Chris DeSantis. <laughs> Oh, were you oh, making fun of my hellos? I just you have a good radio voice. I, I mean, be- I sound like I sound like someone like choking or strangling a cat. No, like, no. you sound really good. No. Um, yeah, I do. I like your voice. And this is why I'm happy to be doing this podcast with you. And you know, I'm really excited about today's show. Oh, yeah, why? Because today's show is going to be another therapy session for Mary Abijay and a chance to talk about all the people who are driving her batshit crazy lately. So we're going to talk about uh, annoying things and annoying people. And really, basically, it's about these sticky little annoying situations and whether or not we should say something or not. In other words, should we speak up? Should we shut up or should we suck it up? <laughs> well, those are good choices. I oh, by know. the way, before it's, we get there, Mary, I just want yeah. to give you because I want to uh, I want to elevate your mood. I want to give a shout out to uh, one of uh, your fans, John. I'm going to just say John J. I won't give his last name, but he recently connected with me on LinkedIn because he's a big fan of yours, and he's oh, known wow. you for years. Oh, and he wow. said, uh, in in linking with me, he said, "Look, I'm not stalking or anything. Like that. I just think she's an amazing human being, and if you're connected with her, you must be interesting as well." So. Uh, thank you for connecting, John, and uh, and thank you, Mary, for putting him in, in my sphere. Of- well, then. Boy, now you know I might need another microphone because my head just swelled. It, it like should. You should have read this thing. Too big. That's so sweet. Yeah. Isn't that so nice? Yeah. You know, speaking of that, we also got another nice note from one of our listeners. And let me just read this to you. We've been getting a ton of them lately. Um, uh, Dear Cubicle, I'm listening to Cubicle Confidential, and it's just great. I love the honesty in the format. I love how you reveal a little bit about yourself and then focus on helping the listeners. Hmm. It's just great. Well, that's nice. Yes, thank you, listener. I know. So like if only everybody we we dealt with was as nice as this. All right. We wouldn't have this therapy session if they were. I know. know. This is everybody's chance to be like, that Mary Abijay really is kind of a bitch. And so, yes, you are going to see like the real me. All right. So if I have four questions for you today. So we have, we have a lot of other people out there who are being annoyed by other people. So we are going to try and jam in four sticky situations and determine whether or not people should speak up or whether they have to shut up and suck it up. Okay. Are you ready for the first question? I am ready. All right. Uh, first question is um, uh, from pompous panelist in Pasadena. <laughs> <laughs> Say that three times. No, right? All right. Dear Cubicle Confidential, 
I've been invited to participate in a series of expert panels to discuss cybersecurity in the finance industry. I am one of three panelists providing advice to folks about keeping their data safe. All the panelists work for companies that consult on this issue. While this is fun and exciting for me, and I am happy to do it, one of the panelists is in a constant sales mode. Every time he answers a question, he pitches his company's services. I find this annoying and unseemly. I realize that this is an opportunity to promote my services as well, but honestly, the other panelist is so shameless that I find myself saying less instead of more. What is the appropriate level of self-promotion at these things? Should I say something to the panelist? We have two more panel events and now I am dreading them. Signed, Pompous Panelist in Pasadena. Chris, before mm. we answer this, have does this ever happen to you? Yes, it has. I, I'm, in fact, I'm not a huge fan of panels as a consequence of some of this, but I've had these experiences where the first, the, it, actually, my experience has been the first panelist seems to go on forever, forever, and they use up all of the time. All of the time, it's awful, and then and you the have moderator does nothing, nothing, right? And and so I don't participate in, in because I think too when when you're in these panels where you 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 make these discovery of these kinds of panelists, you are it's a reflection on you to some degree because you're the company you keep. So yeah. um, I I think uh, and if you call them on it, forget about it. You know, then then they get gr you get the grief from them. So you do. You know, I was just I just did something for a very well known company. I'm not going to say the name, but it was they hooked us up, and there was me and another woman as panelists. We were co you know mm -hmm. doing this. She literally every answer she gave. And it was a public thing. She just like sold her company or like, mm. and at first I was like, well, that's pretty impressive. Like, well, you did, but it happened so much that I couldn't focus on the panel. And I, and I started to think, you know, A, I don't ever want to do another thing with you, mm -hmm. but B, I don't think you're really serving our audience well by being so shameless. Like there's a right. balance, right? You want right. to talk, give some examples of the work you've done to put context to your answers. But I got to tell you, I, luckily it was just a one-time thing. But I was just like, you know, people were emailing me going, this is weird. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's my problem with panels, too, is that they are the least likely thing a listener will remember. Oh, my God, right. Because there are, it's a cacophony of noise. It's, it's, it, there's no flow. There's no arc to the story, as it were. People are often out of sync with each other, and, and you're only as good as the weakest link. So they walk away sort of empty. I, I, I'm not a proponent. I'd rather you get 20 minutes on, on the stage alone than an hour panel where you get 20 minutes of an hour. And yet, so I agree with you. And so many conferences are panel happy and love panels, like or adult programs, like leadership programs. They just love the panels, and I think people love as like the conference producers. I think they love the panels because they're kind of easy. Like they're, they just have to like you know what they are. They're the reality TV of yeah. of, of presenting. Yeah, they're because yeah. they're low prep. There's low yep. prep and low cost. That's right. That's and, right. and and by the way, they don't take into a mind into account the listener. Yeah, I agree. I'm not a big, I mean, I, yeah. but, but let me be really clear. I'm also a ham. So if you ask me to be in a panel, I'm like, Chris, <laughs> I probably will, except for that one woman, I'll never be in a panel with her again, but I'll probably say yes anyway. Um, but I think this goes to, maybe we should do a show on how to moderate a panel. Yes. So much of this has to yes. be the moderator, moderator needs to have a firm hand and yeah. know what they are doing. 
Oh my God, that feels so much better. All right, so Chris, let's go back to Pappas yeah, yeah. and panelists. What advice do you have for this person who has to deal with a pompous panelist in Pasadena? Yeah, and they are a pompous panelist in Pasadena. So I yeah. would say there's, you can't really do much with their pitch. Uh, but what you can do is there are elegant ways to make your own point. I, I draw from improv in the show, not tell. See, your colleague is telling because that's bad. But if you share a story about what you have done uh, and, and how that has helped in terms of resolved a, a client need, then you are distinguishing yourself from selling a service, which is a tell. So I think you have to, since there are two more of these events, you'll know that this person is going to be pitching their services as it well, as it were. You should have stories that align with, uh, with what you're trying to help them with. And so you should pre, 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 uh, pre, preface it by saying something like, uh, you don't buy the service, you buy the solution. So I'm going to uh, then, then go on to tell them a problem that you solved. You see, that's interesting. That's a story. So go to that point. Anyway. I love it. So outclass the other person yeah. by doing self-promotion in a classy, elegant way, which is yes. showing, not telling, using a narrative story instead of the, I love that. That's fantastic. Um, I'm going to, and I completely agree. I'm going to talk about like whether you should say anything. So you think they should kind of not suck it up, but side around it, like side, like, like. Yeah, I don't see, uh, well, you, I, I don't know what your answer would be. I wouldn't say anything to this individual because that individual isn't going to do anything for you. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so I'm I'm going to talk about some choices if you do want to speak up. Um, so you could say something to the other panelists. I'm not saying you should, but mm -hmm. you could. You could say something like, you know, I'm a little concerned that we're coming, that we are coming across mm. as too selling. Uh, so you could just something like that. You could go to the conference organizers and say, I'm a little concerned that we're coming across too selling. Oh, like, you're going to tattle? Oh, hell yeah, I'm going to tattle. Um, I would go to the moderator and say, I'm concerned we're coming across as too selly. Yes. You know, like I, I would actually consider, I'm not saying you should, right. but I might consider like getting and being clear. But you can also do it from the angle like, you know, I really didn't pitch my services very much because I didn't think that was appropriate, but so-and-so did. So would it be okay if I did as well? Mm. Then the moderator, the organizer might be, you know, this isn't really the purpose of this right. thing. So you could kind of push the envelope a little bit and, ha and kind of put the onus on the moderator or the organizer to kind of clamp down on mm -hmm. that. I think so that's good. Yeah, so I think, uh, so other than, what, but I do agree with you, you need to pump up your level of right. promotion, but do it elegantly, uh, but then you need to bring it down. You know, whenever you speak at a SHRM conference, mm -hmm. you know, the Society of Human Resource Management, which is a thrilling thing to do, um, part of their evaluation to the audience is how much did this person pitch their, their selves or, pit, mm. or sell their wares. And if you get more than like out of a scale of 10, more than like a three, they'll never ask you back to speak again. Huh. So they're very clear when they're speakers and they're panelists that you are not allowed to pitch. Hmm. It's not about to be one big thing. I like that. Yeah. I like because I, I always go under the premise that people are there to learn. Yeah. And if you can Me teach too. them something, then they'll remember you more than if you try to sell them something. Yeah. Yeah. So, so one idea is, as Chris said, just be classed with the other person, tell better stories. And the other choice is find some way to, to rat them out. <laughs> the very object, the triangulation way, like go behind their back. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. Anyway, I totally, I totally feel the pain because when you're dealing with someone who is like that, it throws you off your game. Yes, I agree. Yeah. All right. All right we, we solved that one. We did. So uh, Chris says, shut up. I say, speak up.
If you have a workplace question, hey, people, we're here to help. Email us to info at cubicleconfidential.com. We'd love to hear from you. All right, the next one, uh, this one is called, Should I Say Something in St. Louis? Mm -hmm. Chris DeSantis, you're going to love this one. All right, dear Mary and Chris, My husband and I are still working remotely most of the time. Every now and then, I overhear his work conversations, and I gotta say, I'm quite taken back, I'm quite taken aback by how he communicates. He is very dismissive and, well, kind of a dick to his colleagues. I think I know this person. I know he is really good at what he does, but I fear he is alienating people. I know it isn't any of my business, but it happens frequently enough that I really want to say something. Should I? Or should I trust that he knows what he is doing? Again, signed, should I say something in St. Louis? So basically, she's asking, should I shut up? Or should I speak up? Wow, this is tricky because this is there's more going on than just uh, than what you what you would tell him. It's wrapped up in what he thinks you think of him. It's that old expression, right? It's not what I think. It's not what you think. It's what I think you think. And so the bottom line is, if you're part of a loving relationship, which I will assume you are, uh, and you see your beloved acting in a way that could impinge upon his future livelihood, you have a responsibility to say something, but you have to say it in a way that takes the sting out of hearing it. So, for instance... I would say, honey. So wait, so it's not what you say, it's how you say How it. you approach okay. this person, right? Because honey, I overheard your call. I was a bit taken aback because I've never heard you treat people that way. You see, because if she was surprised, that would be true, right? What's going on? And if he says, what do you mean, which he will, you say, well, if I worked for someone who treated me that way, I'd question why I'd be working for them. And since this isn't the you I know, I have to guess the people you're dealing with are either dense or don't get you. What's So pause, <laughs> then pause. The point I'm making here is that if you don't have enough information yet, you need context. He might simply be at the end of his rope. It might be a very bad day. There might be circumstances coming to a head. So reacting in a mildly surprised manner, giving the person the benefit of the doubt, being neutral, uh, will all help you establish the dialogue. It may not change his behavior, but you'll learn a bit more as to why he's being a dick and then decide what you actually should be doing about it. <laughs> so, so your advice is to speak up. Uh, to but it's not how, what it's not whether you should say it; it's how you're going to say exactly. it. Exactly. And do it with a little kindness, a little bit of love, a little bit of curiosity, a little bit of like my my concern for raising this is for because of you, and you know, blah 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 blah. Exactly. Remember, now you're married to this person, and so they must be better than they are worse. Okay, so this has actually happened to me with my husband. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And here's how I handled it. Wait, who is the dick? Oh, please, not me. Um, I am nothing but gracious on the phone. And my husband will often tell me that I'm not being hard enough. He literally, so I would definitely say something. Uh, he I literally, this is what I said. I waited until he got, I waited until he got the phone and I said to him, who the hell were you just talking to like that? Mm. <laughs> 
And he was like, and I'm like, I can't believe you just spoke to another human being like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was like, I was not anything that I did not do any of the nice steps that you you said to do, mm-hmm. um, which probably was not a good idea, but. I was just like, dude, you realize that that person now hates you and that you've made a big enemy and then you realize you're being a big dick. Mm-hmm. Well, that I was did, great. Well, I didn't even let my husband explain Very himself. balanced feedback there, Mary. <laughs> you know, I was just like, you are an asshole. Like, why? how can you talk to people like that? Of course, then we fought for the next two hours. Oh, so really? No, no. I wouldn't recommend doing it the way I do it. However, I will say this. My husband now, when he has to write a difficult email, he now brings it to me Mm. because he used to show me his emails afterwards and I would be like, I can't believe you said you used that word or I can't believe it. And so now he actually, even though he got some tough love from his wife, he now comes to me ahead of time. Um and says, look, I, this I, way to say it. I, I, I've met her husband, Chris, and he's a, a really nice human being. So I, I, and so, and they have a great relationship. No, he's not. He's a dick. I can't believe he would say he's nice. No, 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 no. But, it, but my point here is that uh, the, the idea here is whatever you say, it should lead to some kind of exchange between yeah. you to understand how to, yeah. what do we do going forward here? Because yeah. again, I, I, I have, I, I don't think Chris is intentional in his uh, overtness. Uh, and so, and and what you—he's not intentional at all, and that's his problem. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Chris. If he comes storming in the room, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, on the on the flip side, on the flip side, you know, Chris has also taught me to be a little bit more direct and assertive. Yeah. Right? Because there are times where I'll be like telling someone no, and it's like you know. Th- six paragraphs and then he comes in and says just like you would always say i'd love to but i'm unable he like x's through everything so um yeah but yeah <laughs> i definitely say you should do it the way chris DeSantis just said to, to do it not the way i did i was just confessing on my own way which luckily worked out for me a little fine ish <laughs> well i guess in my experience with relationships is such that anything you bring to the table that it has an element of discord they bring all the luggage to the table yeah. with that element you you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's yeah, not yeah. just this conversation about on the phone. It's the things between us that have been unspoken. And this is this is sort of the uh, metaphor for that. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah, that's absolutely true. All right, so do what Chris said. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do the way I did it. Well, if you have um, the kind of relationship she has, I think you can get away with doing it her way. Well, I mean, I think there's some things that you can. So my husband knows he's a terrible communicator. So I can say that to him because he he knows he's really bad. But if I said that to him about his cooking or something that mm. he's very proud of, that would be a problem. Yes, you'd like, be he, frozen like, foods. He, oh, yeah. Like So he's really gotten in cooking. And if I say, oh, I like this soup, he'll be like, what's wrong with it? What's the matter? I'm like, no, I, I said I liked it. But you just say you loved it. <laughs> <laughs> or so uses gotta, one of those words like the soup was fine. You use. Oh those. my god! Yeah, that would send him off the that edge. Would be right, the worst word. <laughs> All right, so uh, we both agree you should say something. Right? Yes. All right. Yes. If you're enjoying the show, please let us know. Give us a five star review wherever you listen to your podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends to tune into Cubicle Confidential. So we've got question number three of four. Uh, no, that was number three. No, that was, that two. was number two. That was two. All right. Oh, here we go. Here we go. You ready? Yep. Dear Cubicle Confidential, I work in a pet-friendly workplace. As we are returning to the office, people are bringing their dogs to work. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with this. I love dogs, and most people's dogs are cute and well-behaved, except for Tom's Tom's dog, Scout. 
While Scout is super sweet and very friendly, he's one of those drooly dogs <laughs> whose face <laughs> is always sloppy, wet with dog saliva. I hate that. Um, and that is the problem. I am tired of Scout drooling all over me. It grosses me out. How do I keep Scout away from me? Can I say something to Tom? I don't want to be a jerk, but I'm tired of being slopped over. Signed, stop drooling on me. <laughs> Dallas. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh my God, Chris. I'm a dog person, but yeah. I know, like, oh my God, those drooly dogs. Mm-mm. Oh, ugh. How, yeah. how can you love those dogs? No, anyway, go ahead. they're uh, that, yuck. Really, really. It's because it, <sighs> I, I, I know exactly what what uh, stop drooling is saying. I love dogs too, but being slobbered over repeatedly <sighs> that really tests my limits. And by the way, oh if you're God. in the office, in the office, you're dressed in work clothes. It's not like. It's- you know? And it stains your clothes, doesn't it? Stain. And it has that doggy smell. Oh, you know? I know. You so, know, every Basset Hound owner in the world is not going to email us being like, I can't, because you know they're the worst. Oh. You know, you guys hate dogs. Yeah, no, no, we just no. don't want them drooling on no, us. No. Oh, by the way, since Scout will never get the hint, it's up to you to talk to Tom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you think he should speak up? Well, I yes, I have a way of going at this. All right, though. let's hear it. Because uh, I think it's, uh, if you are in uh, cubicles, uh, by, by the way, if you're in cubicles next to each other, each time Tom approaches, one of the things you could do really simply is pull out a treat and throw it over the into Tom's cubicle. Oh, no, that, that, I like or throw that. it down the hall, throw it somewhere, right? But let's get so back. So you train the dog to come to you, and then you train the dog to go away. Go from away, you. go nice. away. And you know what? A bag of treats is cheaper than dry cleaning every you week. You know that, right? But I also say going back to Tom's. Just say to Tom, you know, say to Tom. Here's, it's a little Machiavellian, but say Tom, I love your dog. Your dog loves me too much, though, frankly, and really, Frank. I mean, frankly, Tom, I have a mild case of uh, Q-and-Lis-Con-phobia. Wait. But let's Can not you con- say that again and then spell it? No, don't have to spell it. But what is that word? Q-and-Lis-Con-phobia. Jesus, I love it already. I don't know what it means, but I love well, it already. Well, it's not to be Q-nis confused con-phobia. with phylmophobia. <laughs> Phylmophobia. Phytophobia? Like Phylmophobia is, is why you don't, uh, it's, that's why I'm afraid of French kissing. It's because then you have the, the some other, someone else's saliva in your mouth. Whereas, Wait, are you afraid of French kissing? No, no. Did I'm we not. just, is this, is this like a news, a news drop no, here? No, I'm not afraid. Do we of have French. to like pause this, this thing? <laughs> no. All right. No, but okay, so, Q, Q and Lisconphobia is fear of saliva. Of j- any saliva? Yes. Human or dog? Yes. Okay, what was the other one? Uh, Phylmophobia. And what's that a fear of? Fear of kissing and the, and the exchange of fluids in kissing. Can you have both of them at the same time? If, I, I think if you're afraid of kissing dogs, you would have them both at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> that would be on the lips, of course. With All right, so let's go back. So uh, throw, throw a treat away so he goes away. Yeah. Talk to Tom and Talk say... To say look, and he'll say, he'll say, look, I know it's nuts and irrational, but saliva to me is like spiders to others, which is arachnophobia. <laughs> so uh, so, it, so I think uh, if there's anything we can do short of not bringing the... Uh, is there anything we can do short of not bringing Scout to the office? Because Scout's not the problem, I am. So yeah. that's what you say to Tom. So let's see what Tom suggests. If it isn't to your liking, go back to throwing snacks in his cubicle, no matter what dog approaches. 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. That was like, I didn't have anything good to say, but this would drive me cray cray. Oh, yeah. I love your ideas. Um, uh, saying something to Tom, and I like the way that you said that to him. Like, that was really nice. It's not, it's not you. It's me. Yeah, it's not you. <laughs> it's not Scout. It's me. I love it. Um, I mean, short of like kicking the dog or ignoring no, right. it, like, which you cannot kick the dog. Oh, my God. You could ignore it, but I like the treat idea. My only other option, mm -hmm. and I'm not necessarily endorsing it i'm just laying it out there is you could be a coward and go to hr <laughs> oh the old, are you tattling again H you're doing a yeah, tattle you, well you know sometimes you got to go to hr you could just be like hey you know help, can you help can you can i have a different seat in this office or you know this is the problem this dog's drooling all over me like i'm not saying it's a good option i'm just well saying it is if you're gonna play option. that idea what i would do is i'd lay a trail of treats with you so scout comes with you to hr <laughs> and then they experience first Firsthand, what Scout does. Oh my God, that is so brilliant! <laughs> that is so brilliant. Uh, you know, but here's the but this is a challenge. Like you know, yeah. I know a lot of dog friendly organizations, right. but I this is the first I've ever ever heard about the drooling. So I bet it's probably fairly common. I would. You know what I'd be afraid of is a cat friendly organization. Well, I'm allergic you know, to cats. Well, mostly because you then have it full of cat people. But <laughs> yeah, then you have those towers everywhere, and everybody's scratching them. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I too am allergic to cats. Yeah, you are too. Yeah, I am. Yeah, isn't that funny? Um, all right, well, I think yeah, I, I think, think we've, we've helped. helped drooling in Dallas. We sure um, have. That was so funny. All right, we got one more. Look at this. We we're able to squeeze in four. Yay! All right, so you're gonna love this one too. I love all these questions. Dear Chris and Mary, I work in a small insurance services company with about 10 people. Most of us are women. We are all good friends and I genuinely like my colleagues. However, one of my coworkers is driving me crazy. <laughs> she just became a grandmother and while I am happy for her, I'm really sick of having to look <laughs> at pictures of her grandson and hear, and hear all about how amazing he is. The kid is only six months old, so let's be honest, he's not that amazing. <laughs> How can I tell her to dial it to dial it down? I don't want to be rude or seem unkind, but if I have to see one more video of a baby rolling over, I might just kill her or myself. <laughs> Signed, tired of the baby talk in Toledo. Oh my. Oh my God. I love that. I think grandparents are worse than parents when yeah. it comes to sharing their kids. So much worse. I know so many people that I'm just like, oh, dear yes. God, I don't care. So, your nope. thoughts? Well, I'm I'm like minded. I I I I I know what you're feeling, so I really can appreciate. It. I'm afraid though, in this case, I think this is one of those you got to suck it up. Ah, interesting. I think. Look, she's a new grandmother, and and what would and what would be surprising if she didn't do this? That's what would be surprising. I'd like to show you photos, but the child is god ugly. You see, that would be the stranger response. That's some baby. Next, oh my God. It, you sure it's not upside down. So, so I think uh, it'll run its course. Uh, now, if not, here's what I would do. If not, find something you enjoy viewing that she does not. So let me say for the sake of argument, you like vintage Bakelite jewelry. All right? And although, uh, who isn't clamoring? 
<laughs> though to learn more about vintage bake like jewelry, right? But each, which, by the way, is fabulous. So keep fa- going. Right. Each time she shares a baby pic, follow up with, "Now that I have you here, would you mind taking a look at these earrings? I'm thinking of buying them." Then occasionally go over to her with items to look at. Here's something. I saw this bake light bracelet. I saw this necklace. Oh, there's a tiara. So eventually she'll start to associate dropping by with baby pictures as a prelude to your bake light jewelry ordeal. Her visits will probably diminish unless, of course, she likes Bakelite, and then it's on to cat videos. Oh, my God. Chris DeSantis, again, that is brilliant around like, so it's Pavlovian again. Right. It's you're just like the question previously, you are training her to associate sharing her pictures of her grandchild with something unpleasant for her exactly. that follows it. So you got it. I think the key is to find something that she doesn't like. She doesn't like it all. I love that. That's so Machiavellian. It avoids having to say something. So yours, you're really, yours isn't necessarily sucking it up. It's kind of shutting up, but kind of turning the tables on that a little bit. So I like it. So I completely agree. Uh, a couple more ideas. Again, options, people. Right. Not necessarily, I mean, not necessarily endorsing them, but you could say nothing and hoping it will pass. My experience is it doesn't. <laughs> they keep going, um, at least for the first two years. So if you're not all prepared right. for that, like, um, so you could say something, you could be tactful. Uh, you could say something like, you know, I, I, I'd love to see these pictures, but honestly, you know, I'm barren and can't have children. <laughs> whenever I see that pictures, it just, it breaks my heart a little bit. It hurts my womb. Like you could make it like, you know. Oh, wow. That's really going out <laughs> Or you there. could just say, no, I've, I, you know, actually, thanks, but I, I, I don't have time or I'd love to see them maybe later. I just got a text. Like you could kind of politely excuse yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I like your idea better. You could just give a cursory glance and be like, oh, that's really cute. Hey, where's that Penske file? Like really kind of be a little bit dismissive, oh, like look yeah. at it, but don't do it with enthusiasm right, I see. or say, huh. That baby's interesting looking. (laughs) I mean, don't be an avid enthusiast. Um, Or start talking about your nieces and nephews. Like, you know, knowing and maybe she'll learn that, you know, no one wants to see pictures of people's kids. Um, You know, that brought out another mind. A a quick idea is send them to somebody you don't like. Oh, I love it. You would say, oh, you know, Marge down there in in HR, she... Love DeSantis can't get enough baby pictures. Go find him right now. And don't forget to tell him that I sent you. (laughs) And a big note out there to all you new grandparents, we don't care. (laughs) As much as you. As much as, much as, you. as you show us once, or make sure that's a really cute picture, yeah. um, or send it. Yeah, so just yeah, take it down. And Turn it down or not, right? All right. So with this one, you could speak up or you could shut up. Yeah. But speaking up, you're going to do it in a way that's more clever and kind. Mm-hmm. I agree. Right. Oh my God, look at that. We solved four problems in 30 minutes. I am so proud of ourselves. I know, it's a record. I know. Sometimes you speak up, sometimes you shut up. But anyway, you look at it. We're going to speak up now to thank you for listening to Cubicle Confidential. We also want to thank our amazing, overworked, underpaid producer. Oh, I'm sorry, executive producer, Mr. Jack Edinger, for all his great work. 
If you have a workplace question, a cubicle dilemma, a quagmire, if you will, then give us a shout. Uh, we're easy to find. You can email us to cubicleconfidential.com. I'm sorry, info at cubicleconfidential.com. You can tweet us at cubicleconfide1. Find us on LinkedIn, Cubicle Confidential, or just connect with Chris DeSantis or Mary Abajay. We're making it as easy as we can, people, to connect with you. So until we see you next week, work hard, be kind, please don't annoy other people. And if you can't do any of those things, then give us a call. Chris, let's hear some music. <laughs>